Hello again, this is Shane and this is Heartlines and I hope you're doing well. Now for episode 64, I reached out to a Dublin singer-songwriter who will be performing his much-anticipated headline show on Whelan's on April 29th, so get some tickets for that. And I thought I would ask him on for a bit of a chat. Without further ado, please welcome to the show, Kieran Moran. How are you doing, Kieran? Hello, Shane. Not too bad at all. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Delighted to be doing this. So, uh, yeah, thank you for having me on, man. Now, so where are you from? Are you from Dublin? You're a Dublin city boy? Yeah, so I'm from uh, I'm from an area in the north inner city, just off Smithfield there, um, North King Street. The the road I'm from is called Linden Hall Street. So uh, I grew up there until I was 16, and then my mom moved. She moved out of town then, and uh, yeah, out to Santry she moved, and it was like moving out to the countryside to me, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, I, I I prefer the inner city, but look, uh, we were in a we were in a small house, and there was a couple of us there, so we 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 had to kind of. Uh, I had to move, but we we got an opportunity to do a transfer, like a council transfer, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we 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 changed there, and yeah, that's that's where we are now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, what what you say? You say you'd like to live in the in the city now, like, or when you're younger, did you enjoy like living in the city centre, kind of being able to kind of bounce around the, the city streets, sort of thing? Or yeah, I I I loved it. I loved inner city Dublin, and you know, I never really appreciated it until I moved out. Um, you know that kind of cliche saying you don't uh, you don't know what you have until it's gone. You know, yeah, absolutely. And um, when I moved out to to Santry, I, I I just didn't really like it to be honest. Which it felt too far away. It nearly felt like the countryside. You know, um. So I had family in Ballymoon and that, and I had friends in Ballymoon. So I used to pal around there for a while. Um, and then when about two years ago, I was doing a, a like a, we were were working on this documentary thing, like a behind the scenes, uh, fly on the wall thing, you know. And uh, I went into town, and we were doing certain parts around the area of where I used to grow up, and talking, just walking and talking kind of thing. And there was a uh, there was a point when I was walking through, I was walking through a place called Henrietta Street. And I used to drink there with my friends. We used to pal in the park there behind it. it was called the Temple. We'd call it. Um, I think it's a, a college for for law students or something like that, you know. But we used to sit there and we'd we'd be drinking and doing the usual as a as a teenager, you know. Yeah. But I went back in there anyway, and I remember looking at the buildings of the of Henrietta Street, and I said, "Holy shit!" I never realised. It's fucking um, sorry for the language, but it's unbelievable here. Like the the view is unbelievable. Like the buildings are. I never appreciated it before, you know, and then even the flats, like, um, I, I do hear a lot of people even rapping or singing about the flats and things like that, you know, and they wouldn't have been really in the flats. Maybe they're just rapping about the lifestyle in the flats and that. But mm. when you when you're in the when, when you kind of go back in and you see the flats and you see like the, just the way people are living and all, it, it's brilliant, you know, um, and you don't I don't think anyone in there. That's uh, any of my friends that are still in there. I don't think they'd appreciate it until until they leave. But I love it now, and I'm very proud of proud of coming from there. And I'm proud. I I kind of represent myself from there because most of me childhood and most of my life was there. Um, and I still believe I'm the person from from inner city Dublin than I am living out in in Santry or wherever you know. Yeah, because Henry Henry Street has um that's what the tenements work. So I was watching a documentary on yeah. RTE. I don't know, I forget who it was, but basically, I think it was your man from, ah, he's an old school stage actor from, he's been on Fair City for years. He's been on, he's been like kind of a, a recurring character, I forget his name, but basically, I think he was brought up in the, in the, in the flats in Henry, Henry Street, the tenements, like, you know, you're well, talking about, yeah. you know, how many people in a, in a room sort of thing, you know, so you do appreciate those things. Do you feel like coming from the inner city, you feel it's very close in the community and everyone looks out for each other sort of thing? Yeah, they definitely do. Um, again, I don't know whether I real. I did realize it when I was a kid, but when you're sixteen or fifteen or fourteen, you don't be thinking of them things. You know, you don't really mm. think. Jesus, everyone here is all kind of here for each other. But when you look back on it, you know, um, and especially when you move to another area, you can see the difference with with community. You know, um, the the pe- everyone knows each other, no matter what part of town you're from. You kind of, and if you don't know them, you know their brothers or their cousins or whoever's related to them. You know. But um, yeah, it's definitely it's 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 a very tight knit community and the flats and like if you're in the flats, like one person from the flats, if, if you do something wrong on one person in the flats, you might as well be upsetting the whole the whole block. You know, it's yeah. it's just kind of a it's it's a different thing. And again, when I moved out of town and I moved into an area where the neighbors didn't really not that he didn't talk to, to us in general, but he didn't talk to anybody. It was kind of like they're just there to live and, and, and go by their day, which some people are happy with, you know, but when you come from an area where everyone kind of knows each other, every neighbor you 
kind of talk to if you're going out in the morning at the same time. You kind of, you, they might ask you a question, like, how are you getting on? Are you going to work or whatever? Whereas when I moved out, it was kind of like, uh, mm. like you just kind of get a good morning and it, and, and that's it, you know? So does it, does, I, again, I only figured it when I left it and I, I figured that it's it's very tight community, you know? Even to now, even to now, I think culture and, and, and general life has has changed a lot and i think social media has a big part to play in it but you can still see like i see all my friends and they're still like these are 25 and 26 and they're still they still hang around with each other like they might be at the shops or whatever or whatever they're doing but mm. they're still together you know and and they still reach out to me and they'd be messaging me and i'd be talking some of them come into gigs and that you know and it's it that that's that's community and friendship and 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 you can kind of tell they're the real the real people you know to you you know quickly going back on when i was doing the documentary thing we went into smithfield and i hadn't been in smithfield in maybe three or four years you know i hadn't been down there for a while and i went in there and i said holy like this is completely different you know i couldn't believe it i said look years ago you'd break your neck walking on the on the cobblestones you know now it's 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 unbelievable looking but it's not it's not the smithfield i kind of knew or grew up in you know and in certain ways it's great that it's obviously great for tourism and things like that for the people there and when again to look back and say that you're i suppose i have to appreciate that i did get to experience at some point but um it's definitely it's 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 kind of taking the taking the the rawness or the greatness out of you know which is a uh, which was brilliant and it's something that again you don't appreciate you know does your music be inspired from the greatness of kind of growing up in kind of you know king street and kind of that area smithfield where it's it used to be fairly inner city sort of you know and like and not as the, as polished as it is today yeah a lot of awards a lot of awards um like the the ep that i'm releasing um i know we'd probably go into that but yeah. that that's all inspired about the inner city and it was solely down to actually never writing something about a place that i i, I loved well you know and I, I loved a lot and i appreciate a lot more now than what i did when i lived there but um yeah it definitely has parts to play in it you know i i was I've talked about things before where, like, when you grow up in an area like that, you see a lot of things that, like, you'd go into school and teachers are kind of advising you on things you shouldn't do and that, and you're probably seeing more than what them teachers have seen from a different area, you know, um, mm. at, at, at a young age. And it, a lot of things are very natural to you. So, like, if you're walking through wherever it might be, say you're walking through Grafton Street and you see homeless or 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 someone uh with drugs or wherever it may be someone getting arrested wherever it might be like it, it's very natural to see that whereas some people are kind of stunned and they take out their phone whereas now like from for myself or a lot of people from that area like although you might look at it or whatever it's still kind of it's just normal you know that's yeah. that, that that and that kind of goes through with the music a lot of it's it's very easy to write about things that are real um, I find it very hard and very difficult to write about. Like I can't write songs about Ferraris and Lamborghinis because I wouldn't even know where you where you put the petrol in one Writing about the 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 real thing, the the washing on the lines and the 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 people and the 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 realness of it, you know, mm. the the authentic side of of what it is, you know, and not kind of glorifying it in a way, but glor it kind of showing the beauty of the struggle as well you know and showing the, the greatness of the of the downfall of it, you know yeah exactly authenticity definitely sells and it's most important to be yourself instead of trying to be this you know like the way rappers go on like talking about like gold and chains and all yeah. this and that's what they look they when they make it they make it you know it's rolex watches it's it's, it's gucci yeah. it's all this you know whereas it, you're talking about not a struggle, but you're talking about uh, you're giving you're giving people a window into that world, which is yeah, important of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's like a lot, there's a lot of musicians and whether it's rap, like I know a lot of rappers. There's some great rappers that that are very real and write very similar to the way I'd write. Like I know a, a guy from Finglay's is fantastic, and he writes he writes really really like uh, straight stuff. He wouldn't write about Lamborghinis or Rolexes or anything yeah. like that because. He wouldn't have them, you know. Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't really. I, there's, there's a lot of music. I find it hard to write, and I don't really understand it when people are writing about. Like you, you see, kind of people writing about going to prison, and they never, they never went to prison. You, you know, like and not that like if they can do it, great. But it's just something that I find very hard and difficult to do. I, I find it much easier to write something that I'm familiar with and know, and not kind of uh, not kind of what would you say, paint a picture of something that I wouldn't have a clue about. You know. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And there's a lot, of, there's, there's a lot of great artists that do that as well. Um, and there's some of them that kind of, there's some artists that kind of milk it a little bit and 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 kind of make 
make a, a that they've they've lived a, a worse lifestyle, so to speak, or they grew up in those areas, you know, and they might have never missed a day in school. Mm. Um, but that's if they can get away with it and their 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 music is good and their their people like their music, it doesn't matter, you know. You it won't it, everyone's each to their own, so to speak, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, to tell me, like, so probably the most used question to ask someone who's a musician, but like, were you always musically inspired? Did you ever have anyone in your life who would kind of bring you into the music kind of fold and or did you study music uh, as you were growing up? Um, I never studied music. I didn't do music in school either, but uh, all my family are actually musicians. So like me, me going from my granddad, my granddad was an accordion player, you know, um, now oh. I don't know. He, I, I never got to meet him, unfortunately, but I don't know to what extent, um, like whether he was in bands and that, but I know all my uncles, like a lot of my uncles were uh, musicians and they play, like there's a lot of them that do the pub scenes and do cover shows and things like that. But um, my uncle Tomo would have been the, 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 we'll say the main one, you know, he was the, he taught us all the guitar and he taught most of us the guitar and taught me when I was nine. And I was very lucky to, my brother Keith, he was in a band called No Angels years ago um, in the early 2000s. They had huge success, him and four of me uh, cousins. One of them was, or I think two of them are kind of distant family or, or they're related in some way, but they, it was four cousins that they, they would have classed themselves as. They had, they got a record deal. They done songs with Christy Dignam and they got signed and everything was great for them. So when I was a kid, I used to kind of look up to him um, in a way. And everyone says, ah, well, you, you know, when you have someone that's doing well, you so say, I used to watch them on stage and things like that. It was never that for me. It was just kind of like, that's the way, like, I used to look at working and things like that, saying, look, if working never happened, if I don't, if I can't get jobs, I always have music, you know, and yeah. I, it's just something that's kind of, you know, it's there for you, you know. Um, so me ma and dad as well, they're singers. Now, they'd be more kind of karaoke and they're, they're good singers at that as well, you know, so they, they, they'd be, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's not something that I think I ever said I want to do. I think it was just something that kind of happens, you know, and I'd imagine that it'll follow on for generations within the family. There's a lot of the young cousins now and all learning the guitar and playing piano. And yeah, it's it's very, uh, we're, we're a very kind of um, musical family, you know. Did you kick on to the busking scene? Or did you, were you busking much like when you were starting out? Or? Do you know what I done years and years ago? Um, that was actually my brother Keith that was in No Angels. They were, they, that's how they kind of, blew up so to speak they they were four buskers on Grafton Street and yeah. they were harmonised they were only 14 it, w- it was great for them you know mm. but uh, I tried it I think I tried it three times with a friend when I was about 14 myself and um, we went down to Temple Bar on the corner I, I never forget it actually and um, we done it I think we got 60 euro one day and after about three, oh, busking is different, you know. Uh, busking, you have to have a ton of songs and be ready to play them all the time. Mm. I never, I never had a mad fascination with learning. Uh, when I started songwriting, I never had a fascination with learning other people's songs. Like I, I, I just, I used to find writing my own songs was safe because no one knew if I was doing anything wrong, you know. So I wouldn't have a book of songs to go busking. If I did, it'd be three minutes for the next two hours, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, no, I've never really done it, but I, I, I think it's fantastic for artists to do it. And there's a huge, um, there's a huge scene now for for busking. Like, there's there's a lot of these things on Facebook, like uh, today or uh, I can't think of the name of it, but there's like these pages that kind of fill in buskers, and they get tons and tons of views. So it's a great platform for people, you know, and it's great to see people still doing it and the the, the kind of uh, tradition of it still going on in Ireland, you know. And I, and people are gonna give you all sorts, you know. People are like people are sharp, you know, especially yeah. With. Give you all sorts of guff, yeah. and you had to give it back. And you know, you know? The, the the thing about that is as well, just as you say that, like about that kind of courage to go out and do it. Yeah. Most a lot of people walk by, you know, and um, before mm. you even start. So before you pick up the guitar into your hand, there's people walking by you, ignoring you. Yeah. And it's not their fault. They might be going to work or whatever. But that's something for people to go out and say, do you know what? I'm still going to go throughout this day, no matter yeah. how many people walk by. So it does take courage for people to do it. And I I, I think anyone that does it, they're. Uh, you have to credit them in a way, you know, because they've a lot of, a, a lot of, uh, what would you say, like, a, they've, they're, they're brave, you know, whereas I'd be a little bit, I wouldn't really, it wouldn't bother me now, but back then I would have, like, if I seen people walking by me or even people watching me and they're probably lay for work and they just walk off, like, I'd be automatically thinking years ago, mm. right, I'm after doing something wrong or the songs. So people that do it, you have to give them credit and I think they're, uh, I think it's fantastic that they do, you know. Do you remember your first gig and, and how, did, how did you feel when you when you hopped up, up on stage and, and performed your first gig? I, one of the first gigs I ever done um, was actually a support slot with Damien Dempsey and I was, I, I was got the opportunity to do it. It was one day, when I say first gigs, it was the first gig where there was an audience there, you know. Okay. Um, 
And I got a, I, the opportunity to do it in Whelan's and the Access Centre, uh, two nights it was. And uh, it was one of the worst. It, it was great. You know, looking back on it now, it was fantastic to say that. I was 13, I had the opportunity to support him and that. I was getting posters done and putting them in school and all. It was it was deadly. It was a deadly little experience. But uh, I was terrified, you know. I was very, very nervous. Um, I don't know where I, I don't know where I got this suit from that I wore, but I wore a pair of suit trousers and a black a waistcoat and a red short underneath um, and a fella that I know that actually led me into getting the gig Sparky he used to say to me years after he used to say you wore your communion suit you know? <laughs> but um, when I done the shows I never forget going onto the stage and actually um, you know playing the show so I went out and I was too nervous to talk you know I, I, the singing wasn't really a problem to me not that it wasn't a problem but the, the nerves and the confidence wasn't a problem it was the talking to the audience what am I going to say yeah. And what? How do we introduce the songs? I I just never done it before, you know. And I was young, like I think I was thirteen at the time. I can't remember the exact date. I'm nearly sure I was thirteen. I had about five songs, I'd say, and I had to get a lend of my neighbour Paul's guitar. Paul, um, he was a a, a chap that lived two doors down. I had to get lend because he had a semi acoustic guitar. But the the main thing I do remember is when I finished the songs, the crowds clapped, and I didn't say anything after. And I, was, I didn't even introduce the next song. So I just let them clap and then I played the next song. And then I let yeah. them clap and played the next song. And uh, that that's one of the main things I remember. And I'd love them to kind of, looking back, I'd love to, I'd love them to express myself a little bit more, you know, at the time. Because after that, not after that gig in particular, I joined bands and all after that. And I lost a lot of confidence with music. And uh, like I kind of only got back into this in the last couple of years. But with, uh, I'd love them to be able to express myself more at the time. And fortunate, I've been fortunate enough to do it then again with Damo on, on, on bigger dates. Like he's given me Vicar Street and a couple of shows around the country on a tour he was doing and that. So I've been lucky to kind of redeem myself in some way. But I do still think there's someone in that audience that will remember that that I didn't talk or something like that. You know, it, it kind of plays on my mind a bit. You know? Ah, you're young, man. Come on. Like it's it's like it, yeah. it, you're fresh out of, you're, you're fresh, fish out of water essentially. Like this guy, like, his voice is his kind of whole thing, you know. He, he his accent yeah. is his is his music, and he really he feels the words a bit like Christy Moore. He really when you I've never seen him live, but when I've seen him perform on TV, you really feel his words, and that's kind of yeah, that's something that's special. I think at the time as well, you had like uh, or it might have been about a year or so after, but you had the likings of Justin Bieber coming out, you know, and he was mm. releasing songs that were on a different level altogether, you know, and the recording process, and he was a good looking little, good looking little kid as well. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So, uh, at the time, you'd be thinking to yourself, like, if look what he's doing, you know, and you, you, yeah. some people would kind of look at that as a, an aim to get to, but others would kind of look at it in a way that I'm nowhere near that level. I've t- I, t- there's no point in me doing this, you know. Just going back to Damien Dempsey, yeah, I went at the time I remember in the school, this, this is something I was saying recently to somebody that I put posters up and no one really knew who he was at the time because we were all kids, you know, you, at the time he was doing wheelings and access, so he was kind of building, mm. he's building his following or whatever. And now for Vicar Street, I do have people in my school that were in my school at the time asking me, can I get tickets and is there any way I can, do you know, anyone with tickets and things like that. And it's just mad. It shows that, like, for that would have been what 10 years ago or 12 years ago or so and um, it's mad to think that he's still he's he's, he's longevity and, and what he's done and what he's built is unbelievable and he's a he's a really really good uh he's a good skin you know he's he's, he's very um he's he is who he is like there's a lot of people you see on tv and some people that I've, I've kind of met in, in person and I thought to myself like these are a bit different to the way to what he expected you know and some have been better than what I've seen on tv but Damo Dempsey is a He's a he's a he's what he is. He's he's what you see on the team, you know, or what you get in the team, you know. And that's it. He has that. That's his persona, and it's and it's him in real life, which is hard to do. It's hard to be a persona and be that in real life because it's yeah. That's how he built his following as well. You yeah. Know? Like he's to to do that. Like a lot of people, a lot of people praise honesty and 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 being yourself and being real. And I think that that definitely factors one into his songs, but also into his personality and what people like about him and, and and what he might feel like I like him I love his songs I, I listen to a lot of his music you know and I, I think he's up there with, with some of the best to ever come out of Ireland but I think his personality is as inspiring as any of his songs and, and how he carries himself and how he like he's never there's never anything with him you know there's never kind of there's nothing with him you never see the bad headlines about him or the, mm. the bad press or anything like that and that's solely because he's real you know and, and yeah. he is who he is 
Um, and if he was being false, that's when you, you'd come out with the mad statements and the, the stupid stuff trying to build your career. But he's built on in, in a very honest way. And uh, I think that's worked for him. And it's, it's again, very inspiring. You never do what he does because it's like people are, everyone's different and you have, everyone has a different story to tell. But he, it's def, there's, there's definitely parts of, of him that I would say, um, not that I've took on board, but there's a lot that I've learned from from the way he is. I learned that you can be yourself. You can you can talk the way you want to talk, or you can talk in your own accent, and you can you can sing in your own accent, and you can you can just be be yourself. And look, if it doesn't work out, the main thing I found out about him was that when I played with him, he was doing wheelings at the time. Now he's doing the Vicar Street. Mm. That's exactly the journey I'd love to do, you know. And I think within a space of twelve years, I'd be worried sometimes thinking, Jez, I'm doing this three years now myself, and things are kind of just going playing cell, and they're building a little bit and going down, but. I do think like it's very inspiring. There's a lot about him that 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 uh, he's someone I, I I definitely look up to still to this day. You know, I've I heard you've also supported the likes of Brian Kennedy. I actually met him one time. I was working. I've worked many jobs. Have I? I used to work in uh, duty free in Edinburgh, and I, he's, he's he's passing through, and he was so nice. I never met him. He's yeah. just like you, like you know, imagine you going through the airport, you might be stressed trying to make a flight, and he was a very, very, very nice and gentle kind of guy. And yeah. I, I'd imagine he's like that in person. Do you know like what? We, Brian Kennedy is 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 one person because I never I, I knew I knew Brian Kennedy from you'd know Brian from the telly. He was a yeah, George yeah. on the Voice of Earth. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't have been too clued into the shows or the Eurovision and things like yeah, that. But yeah. I just I always. Knew with Brian Kennedy, you know, mm. and when I first met him, one of the worst things I've I, I, I said I didn't realize, but I says to him, I says, Do you know what? I love your music, and I, I, I there's a lot of songs I heard, but I said I loved when you were doing backing vocals for Van Morrison and that. And he was he, he kind of said, Well, they weren't backing vocals, they were like a special guest performance. And I said, Oh, when I got talking to him and got to know him, and not not know him personally, but know him as 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 a, from an artist's point of view, like he's he's very, very, very nice fella, and he's he's really, um, he's he's kind of a bit like that guy. Kevin we were talking about he's very calm and he's very mm. easy to talk to yeah. and very relatable and I've, I've been fortunate to, to kind of uh, to do a couple of shows with himself and the other thing I have to say about about Brian Kennedy is like I, I heard of some of his songs like I heard of Carrick Fergus and that oh, years yeah. ago and I've heard some of his great songs but there's a lot of songs I never heard and when I heard him live like I said he is really really talented like as a guitarist he's a fantastic guitarist um, and singing like when you see him singing and he's doing an hour set or an hour and a half set like you're kind of jazz I didn't know he was I, I didn't know he was this like I, I knew he was good and I knew he was great because of the, the name he had and, and, and the um the scale he was at we'll say within his career mm. and obviously he sells out a lot of venues and he's brilliant but when I seen his live set I, I was kind of like I, I thought to myself this is unbelievable you know and I've listened to a lot of his music since now like there's a lot he has a great song um, if anyone's listening to or interested in listening to him, he has a great song called I think it's called Child of War and um it was on an EP released and it's a fantastic song really really good and He's a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal chap, and he's um he supported me as well a lot recently. We he shares stuff sometimes, and he he messaged me and that, and yeah, he's a, a lovely, lovely fella, you know. Yeah, no, that's great, and also as well, like you support like Bagatelle, Dublin legends, Aslan as well. The thing with uh with Bagatelle, I actually done a support with them down in Waterford. Yeah, and Bagatelle's manager was in touch with me about coming down and doing a show, um. Unfortunately, I didn't get to meet Liam, who passed away yeah. uh, recently. I didn't. I didn't really get to meet Bagatelle because the way the show was done was. I think, that, for example, they were on at eight o'clock, and I was to be there for six o'clock for a sound check. So when I go for my sound check, they're probably gone for something to eat or whatever. They're, mm. they're taking a break. And when I was on set, they, I think they were probably still in the hotel or whatever when I was playing. So when I finished, they came on and we were down in Waterford. We were we were legging it early. Um, so we didn't really get a proper chance to meet. Now, I met, uh, I think it was Ken. I met from Bagatelle and I was telling him that what I was doing and, and what I was there for. And their manager was really nice as well. But uh, yeah, they, they, that was a good experience. It was good to, to, to it was a di- very different gig. That was a, it was kind of like a, um, nearly like playing a wedding. There was people still like eating, eating their food. Like, uh, like it was a, I don't know what you'd call it, what type of event it was, but it was like kind a of banquet like or something, was it? Yeah, kind of like that, you know. Um, and then Aslan, the Aslan lads were like, they, they brought me around. There's not many counties in Ireland that haven't played with them. And yeah. that was something like, I, I was really, really happy about. You know, I got to kind of, I have a lot of praise for them as much as I have for the likes of Damien Dempsey and uh, Brian Kennedy and that. They've they've helped me an awful lot. There were some people that kind of know me as, ah, that's your man that was supporting Aslan, you know, and mm. things like that have, have been great. And then the Maverick Sabre thing was... Uh, uh, 
I was actually it wasn't the support I was doing for Maverick Saber. He was doing a he was doing a like a, a private event for he had a new single coming out. Okay. And yeah. he or it might be in his album he had coming out. I think the single he was releasing was Glory. And uh, I got invited to go down and play a couple of songs at it and got to meet him. And I, he's, I, I stay in touch with him um, whenever I can or whenever he's available. And we do often chat on Instagram and that. And he's another another good soul, you know. Ireland is, Ireland is blessed in a way with a lot of the artists that we have, you know. Like any, anyone that I've met, and I know you're never going to really hear an artist saying something bad about someone, you know. Like they're not going to come onto a podcast or on the radio and say, look, I didn't like him. But I've been kind of, anyone that I'm at the bumping into so far, I've been, I, I, I've had good experience experiences you know and they're very they're, they're experienced that I'll kind of remember if that makes sense you know they're very things that I always think about and I think you know what I was very lucky to do that and mm. I was like look, when you think of the amount of musicians in Ireland the amount of talent great talent that we have to be picked out them to do a support we'll say down in Galway with Aslan or in Belfast with them or wherever it is you know I'm very grateful and I think in some ways lucky um, as well, you know. But how does that come about? Is that through your management? Is that just true? Do you have to send on a, a like, uh, like a, your music for them to listen to? How, how does that, how, how do they vibe with that? How do they go? Okay, uh, your your music will suit and and uh, support a supporting act for this particular show in Vicar Street or what or not. So a lot of a lot of different um, a lot of acts kind of work differently. Damo Dempsey from the gigs I done with him when I was thirteen, I still keep in touch with him. Yeah. Um. So with his gigs, like he'd he'd email if if I have a new song out or something like that. So for example, I'll have the new song out. If I send it on to Damo, he might say to me, "Look, we have a date here in in Vicar Street, or we have a date up in Belfast, or we have a date in Gal, wherever it is, yeah. if you want to do it, you know." Um. Or if I said to him. Have you any dates coming up? If you have any dates, I'm playing and I have a headline show coming up in Cork. Have you any dates coming up around Cork to kind of promote it or have a single, whatever? Very helpful. And um, the Aslan lads are the same. I know um, Billy and and Joe from Aslan. I don't know them. I didn't know them personally before a gig, but I sent on music to Joe and cousin Darren is um he's married to Christy's daughter. But I never actually knew. I never oh, okay. got the sports. I never got the sports through Christy. I didn't speak to Christy until the first gig I ever done with Aslan. So I sent music on to Joe, my very first single years ago, and uh, I said to him if he's got a support. And the first gig they gave me was Vicar Street in Dublin, and I was over the moon, and it was it was a deadly experience, you know. And since then, like I'd get a message off Billy, and he'd say, Are you interested in coming to? wherever we'd say Limerick we're playing down there this date if you want to do the sport there's a half an hour set there obviously they're all kind of a lot of them are different like I'm playing with Jamie Webster on the 27th of April so that went through I signed a deal with a, a manager not a deal a contract with a manager there Jordan Covid at the start of Covid and we had so many plans he's actually from Tally you might know him um, but he's we, we had so many plans but obviously Covid kept pushing us back but uh, he messaged me and says look I have a sports lot there for you in the academy it's Jamie Webster he's going to more than likely sell out do you want to do the sport and you can't say no to things like that you yeah, know? So, yeah yeah oh yeah I dived on that with, with, with both hands and everyone's kind of different you know like George Morphy was playing with there recently like I met George at a festival and I just messaged him one night saying look I have a new song coming out and if you have any Dublin dates I'll be doing a headline show in Dublin at the end of April if you have any Dublin dates it'd be great just to promote it and kind of build yeah. off that and he said, look, come up to the Axis in Ballymore and, and we'll do it. So it just depends. Sometimes it's people that, like, by knowing people. And then sometimes I, I think it's luck in a way as well, you know. I think there's an awful lot of luck because so much talent, as I said. And I feel very, very, uh, very lucky in ways that to, to for the opportunities that, I do, that I'm doing. And I feel I put the, the work in as well, you know. I, I don't kind of, like, I, I think about this. And I, I think about music kind of takes over me a little bit in terms of my mind. And, like, I, uh, I, I'm very invested into what I'm doing. And I, I think it, it kind of control not controls me but it, it's nearly uh, it's it's very uh, everything in my mind is music where am I going next what am I doing and that's only kind of started since the end of COVID like when I'm, I've been pushing it and pushing it and things have been thankfully working great so far you know so uh yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready, ready for it, ready for a good few years. I hope. And I think if you listen to any, I've listened to many podcasts or read many books, and if you're not, I think you have to have an obsession. I feel, I feel about what you want, what you do, because if you're not obsessed with it, you're not going to go through you know walls to 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 get the gigs or to do whatever. You know, you have to be obsessed yeah. and passionate to a point. You know. Most definitely, most definitely, and that's the word I should have used. And I'm I'm definitely obsessed, and in some ways, like it, it kind of. It takes, like, I'd be doing something like, 
something that might not like we'd say I'm doing something that's not a gig or not a recording session so I might be rehearsing on a Friday night like my partner would would say want to go out or or whatever you know and ask me to go out and I'd say yeah I'll go and I'd kind of push it out a little bit because I'm like I, I put everything into it in a way as well you know and I mm. I'm, I sacrifice a lot of a lot of stuff for it I sacrifice an awful lot of, of life in a, in, in a way for it but uh, I love it I, I love it more than anything I feel I genuinely I've always kind of been mad to do you know and I've been mad to do before COVID and all that during that time I was in a position where I was nearly uh, forgetting myself or not forgetting myself but kind of losing I had no motivation I think everyone mm. had no motivation you know but um, I just got really really invested even I think maybe I was like that but I'm forgetting it because the the two year gap or whatever but I'm definitely in a position now where like I'm, I'm at sometimes stressed over you know sometimes it kind of stresses you out or take it selling are you doing this right are you doing that and that's the honesty of it you know that's the like you, you can pretend that everything looks great on the internet and you're you're kind of this you're doing everything great but there's a lot of days where you're sitting at home and you're kind of not worried but you're kind of thinking about what what what's going to happen now and how come i'm not doing this or how come i'm not doing mm. that I should be yeah it does yeah, i'm definitely obsessed and i'm i'm, I'm in a position where uh, as i said it kind of controls my mind every minute I've, I've a weird thing and i don't know whether any i'd say a lot of other people have it but I don't, i've never actually asked are you the same as me in this way but i think about this every two minutes maximum two minutes i'd say a minute every minute of the day i'm thinking and that's no no i'm not trying to say that's a sound like it's not going to boost me in any way but genuinely like everything to me in my head is is about this what i want to do and where i want to go you know and sometimes i'm a little bit afraid in case i'm taking the taking the 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 we'll say the work off actually the musical side writing songs and doing doing the the practical stuff but um yeah it definitely definitely gets to you a little bit you know and it's yeah. it's great it's a, it's a challenge but it's a challenge that i think uh has been done before and 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 as well 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 possible to to overcome you know yeah now you've also two no, no notable men, mentors in christy moore and roddy doyle now do you know them personally or have you have you reached out to them for like advice on certain things i haven't met roddy doyle since the the thing i was invited to do a workshop before them gigs in in wheelands and in the mm. axes with a uh, demo i was invited to do a workshop at christy moore and roddy doyle's um i can't remember the name of it Fighting Words, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Words. It was it was a project, and Christy Moore came in. He was doing the a songwriting course with us, so like we done a a write our own songs. He played his own songs, and we got tips and that. I can't remember advice from the exact day myself. Like some people will say, yeah, he told me to be great, uh. be yourself, and do all this. But genuinely, I can't, I can't really remember what he said on the day. I remember him playing his songs. I remember him having this big songbook with all his songs and the chords and all written on them. One thing I do remember is he kind of not talk to me but you ever notice when if you're in a room with with someone and they kind of uh give you a little bit more time or something like that or, or they kind of not pull you to the side but they nearly kind of give you like they talk to you on a different in a different way or something like that and mm. i don't know whether it's because the way when i was that age i was writing songs about homelessness and all the stuff i'm still writing about today but i was so young doing it and um, and i reached out to him then a couple of years later uh when i released my song mother and i sent it to him and he gave me advice then and he said to me he loved the song he was really uh he he said something like i i, I fell down my depths that day you know i'd say he just said that as you know, you know he was probably just saying to kind of give you the, the confidence boost or whatever mm. but uh he said i wasn't mad about the lighting in the video he said i would like him to see it a little bit brighter on your performance part which i took I, I, that, that was the biggest point from what i took you know i said that's great you know it's it's good criticism from someone that that has been there and done everything and yeah he's he he's someone that and i have his i have his email i can send songs over to him whenever i want and he'll give me a voice and yeah. um i haven't sent anything over them in a while but the, the last one i sent over um would have been probably the the last ep i done which I, I put out a couple of years ago and he was uh he gave me some feedback the, just the normal stuff something someone said to me before uh shane he said if you send your music to an artist they're never going to write back and tell you it's bad you know they're never going to say jez i don't like that you know they'll always kind of say it's good but with him what i liked about it was he said to me the, the thing he said about it i didn't really like the light and i loved that you know i thought it was really good and and, and he gave me something to work on instead mm. of just saying look oh, it's brilliant fair play to you and and it's this and that you know but yeah lovely fella and he's He's obviously an inspiration to everyone in Ireland, I think, you know, yeah. everyone kind of likes Christy Moore, you know. I think, like, the thing is, you know, like, this, like I've seen him many a time. I've seen him one time in the Forum in Waterford. I've seen him in Glasgow. And I've seen him a couple of times in Vicar Street. Um, the, when I've seen him in Glasgow, Glasgow, Glaswegians are tough people. Like, they were giving him, like, they were giving him, they were heckling him. 
and he heckled oh, yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he, I've seen him a few times, and he's when he's been, he's kind of had moments because he has, he gets in the mood sometimes, and that's okay because that's Christy. That's that's who he is. That's what he does, and that's that's why we love him because he's he's very much authentically Christy. You know, he's yeah. just very much. Yeah. This is he'll, he'll be straight with you, and that's 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 a very that's a very good quality to have because he won't bullshit you know what I mean I, I can see why he gravitates towards you because he's always championed for the, the guy who doesn't get seen like the homelessness and, and political things you know that's why he's seen because you were so young writing these lyrics and going wow this is very empowering yeah. stuff and you have you have a platform and he has a big platform and so does Damon Dempsey have a platform to talk about these very uh, heavy societal issues you know yeah most definitely and look a lot of the songs I, I'd, I'd, I'd release are to, to nearly raise concern or raise issues it's, it, I'm kind of just telling stories of the truth you know and telling what's mm. happening and they're the, they're the same like for their platform to pass that on to people that are not familiar with what's going on in certain places or with certain people it's uh, it's unbelievable you know and that stuff doesn't I, I kind of find it a, a little bit I, I, I think if I was doing pop music if I was and, and I can write pop songs I could write the, the kind of the single I have coming out I wouldn't call it pop because I don't really like using the word pop on it, but it, it has it has a bit of it has a bit of an upbeat kind of feel to it, and but it still has them kind of real lyrics on it and, and and the real stories through it. And the thing is, I think if I was doing pop music, I would be even further than where I am in terms of like I think pop music there's a huge platform form for it. I think a lot of people that do pop music kind of rise a lot quicker there's a huge fan base with kids and that as well mm. you know but for two reasons one I'm, I'm, I'm not really I, I like listening to it sometimes but I wouldn't be too fond of writing writing pop music and uh, two I'm not good looking enough to be a pop music <laughs> artist they're always they're always they're all well groomed aren't they you know well Marshmallow the DJ wears a, wears a marshmallow yeah. on his head so <laughs> you know you, yeah. you get away well, with that you know he was one of the cones outside the Broidwell <laughs> in town there <laughs> Dad Punk well not pop again you know yeah. what I mean like <laughs> DJ yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, no it's a, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I was just saying, yeah, it's a great, it's great to see that the Logans of Damien Dempsey and Christy Moore, and there's so many people that can write it as well and do it. Glenn Hansett has a lot of songs as well, mm. that are, uh, the community orientated as well, and it's it's great that they have a platform and a big audience to listen to that and and pass pass word on, so to speak. You know, I've always listened to Christy Moore, and I was kind of, well, team of Christy, he, he really gets into your soul. Like I come away from yeah. gigs and you'd be so down you'd feel a bit lost because he just really gets right in there and that's a hard yeah. thing to do you know because he's a long time at it he's been doing it he's been over in germany he's been over in the uk he's he's seen it all he's done it all and, and if, if yeah. as you said he's an inspiration if anyone he wanted to rise up to it's himself you know like you want to go to, you want to go the world over you know, want to go to chicago yeah. or new york everywhere you know yeah he sells out about 30 nights at Baker Street as well. Like he has a, it's, a, it's unbelievable the fan base he has. And like you do often hear people complaining, like saying you can't drink at these gigs and you can't talk and things like that. But you know what? You're going to see a gig and listen to songs yeah. that are, are, are very real. And if Absolutely. you appreciate music and you appreciate you appreciate the songs and stories, I think that's I think that's a lovely way to 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 be to to have a gig like where it's not just a messy night out or whatever. You know, it's great to go and listen to them stories and they reach they reach into your soul further yeah. or into your mind further. Do. I don't. I was just saying a minute ago. I was doing a show in the Axis with George Murphy on Friday night gone yeah. and. It was it was such a like everyone was seated and it was all kind of intimate and it was just it was an unbelievable feeling to have people just listening. It, it it's nearly like they're afraid not afraid to talk, but it's nearly like they won't talk because you don't want to talk when it's all quiet. It's like being in the cinema; you don't want to be the one to make noise, you know. Mm. But these were great, you know. When I finished a song, people were kind of buzzing back with me and things like that. And it was just them them kind of gigs are deadly, you know. And I think Christy Moore has he, he hits the nail on the head each time with the Vicar Street ones, you know. They're, they're calm, relaxed, and he definitely uh, he definitely he he, he pulls the uh, he pulls the heartstrings, so to speak. But he has a he. Has has a thing as well about he's I'd love to support Christy Moore, I'd love to open his shows, but he doesn't he doesn't bring supports on. Um does he not? I don't think he does no, I don't no, think No, you're does. right, he hasn't, yeah. I can't remember any support. Yeah, you're right. I don't think he does. Him and, and, and another fella, Paul Brady, who was brilliant, um, they don't they don't use supports at all. But I'd love to I'd love to kind of because I'd done the, the thing with him years ago and, and the the experience that I've had since and the progression we'll say, like I'd love to be able to say, look, I done this when I was 14 where I'm and now I'm kind of back doing this it'd, it'd be deadly you know but uh, maybe down the line if you, if, you, if we're ever if there's ever anything on an event or something and we're doing the same thing together or something like that it'd be, it'd be good you know 
Well, like a festival season, you must have you must calendar must be stacking up for festival season, is it? Yeah, so there's a couple of opportunities that are coming in for mm. um for the coming months. We've been working to be honest, I've been working on a lot of trying to do my own shows, um, Shane. And I'll tell you why, because yeah. I've spent I just before COVID, I spent so long doing support slots and I love doing them and I I I'll do I do any of them, you know. I, I really enjoy doing them. They're great for promotion. They're great to kind of get your name out there and push yourself. But I've never kind of I've always been a bit worried about doing my own shows, you know, and kind of seeing what audience do I actually have, you know, instead of kind of going into someone else's audience and trying to kind of uh, entertain those, you know, not not entertain them, but trying to uh, like get them on uh, as a part of your audience, so to speak. So yeah. I said. I'd love to do my own show. So we booked a couple in December. Obviously, COVID happened, so we couldn't do them small ones. And you know what I found back then, like when I was releasing tickets, they fly and things like that. And it was great, you know. And then everything went to a halt and we're, we're back to where we are now. And I released the Wheelands one and uh, people are still with us, which is great, you know. And the campaign so far that we've worked on for, like we, we planned everything out really well. We were I'm working with a band are, are going to be playing at the show as well. Um, and we worked everything out to where, like how, to, how we're going to campaign and how we're going to push it who we're going to work with with tickets whatever way we're going to do it you know like with who, whoever the, the um like whether it's event bro or wheelings or whoever it is oh, you know? right, yeah, yeah. and uh I'd, li- I'd like to do obviously I'll, I'll do it i have a couple of supports and things like that throughout the year and there's a couple of plans for little small things and like listening parties and things like that for the ep and but i'm i'm looking to kind of start kind of put me myself out there as well you know so dublin the dublin show is going to happen the 29th of april uh mm. we've something planned for after that for for uh, Belfast, we're planning on, on hitting Belfast, and there's a couple of different different places we're gonna we're gonna try to do a few over in the UK as well, and um, they'd be only small, you know, they'd be smaller than the Dublin one, but they'd be uh, an experience, and it's something that I'd like to do, and then I'm, I, I want to do something bigger than when when the EP is when the EP is out, um, we 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 can't really put too much out because we're still promoting this gig, but. I, there's a lot, of, lot of plans, and the, the festival scene in Ireland does it. It's some festivals are very hard to get on because of the backlog. There's so many artists that were due to play them two years ago. They, they can't just say, "Look, is are gone now?" You know, yeah. they, they have to kind of keep them lineups. Yeah, there is. There's, there's a couple of festivals, and um, there, there's one. There, there's one I'd, I'd like to play, and um, down in I think it's in Killarney. I think it's called the K Fest. I'd love to play that. Uh, there's a good acts and all playing on it, you know. And I like going to the festivals and seeing other acts as well. So. And um, yeah, this year is kind of about pushing the EP, pushing me myself for my own gigs and trying to uh, giving it a go this time. You know, I'm 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 gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push this to, to where I can I can give it a go and, and try put everything into it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna half arse you. You know, I'll, I'll I'll push it for 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 trying to get myself out there as well. And I'll do as I said about the sports. I love them. I'll do them. They, there's some lined up already. I, I I'm gonna try focus on myself as well. Because what I used to do in the past was just well, I have support here and supporting him there, and it's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's that to kind of get me to to what I'm doing now. Um, but yeah, definitely doing a couple of headline shows and start figuring out who's actually coming for me or, or who's mm. who's enjoying me music and who's listening to what I'm doing. You know, and um, and so far with the Wheelands campaign, we've been I've been lucky. I feel like I've been doing something right in a way. And I to be honest with you, Shane, um. I know I'm rambling on a little bit, but I never, I, I still haven't done anything yet. Like I haven't released a, a great, great song. I don't believe I have. Some of the people like the songs I've released, but I don't believe I've released anything to what I'm capable of releasing. And it's not, being, I'm not cocky or anything like that in any way at all. But just from what I know and what the way I listen to to the songs that I write and what I have recorded for the EP, I think I'm kind of only getting started. Um, in comparison to kind of working up and and. To where, where I'm at at the minute I'm very happy for what I'd call nothing out you know DP is going to be out in I think it's June we're going to release it um, right. we don't I, I, I think there is a date and place I'm working with a fella uh, a PR team a company for it Too Hard on Myself is the single that's out so that's the like that's that. the fourth single off the EP um, and then the whole EP is called Life in Our City as in mm. Life in Our City but Life in the Inner City and like uh, it. yeah it's very very real very raw and very um very it's it's kind of pain pain I, I think i've seen this on a press release or something like that but they explained it perfectly it's it was paying homage to the to the beauty of the struggles growing up in in the inner city and uh i've had some really good reviews on it so far like we'd send it around privately to, to different people and see what they think and like a, a lot of people in the music industry that that are interested in uh we're interested in it and yeah it's it's been good i can't wait to get out i'm yapping on about it the last two years telling people of this great thing coming out and 
I think it, I, 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 I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be the start of, of kind of people recognizing me for, for what I am capable of, you know, of, of switching styles and messing about with songs and um, different sounds and, and me writing ability, which I, I think is my strongest, uh, me, me, me biggest strength. I think is is the way I write, you know. Um. So yeah, I I can't wait to get it out, and I can't put, I I can't even put clips up of certain songs on the internet because we're to kind of keep things back a little bit, you know, mm. and just put a single by single. But it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be good, and I can't wait. I actually let Kevin hear a couple of songs, and he, he uh, really likes it, you know. So uh, uh, delighted with with how it's turned out. Worked with a great producer out in Jealous Town, Stuart Gray. Um, he's worked with some fantastic bands. Worked with Aslan and. He worked with, I think he done Gavin James and Hosier and things like that. Like it's, yeah, yeah. it's good. It's 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 another level, you know, um, mm. and another level for me, which I, I I feel like everything's done now. So I'm kind of uh, I'm proud of it as of now. And when it comes out, I'll be fed up of it because I do be listening to it, you know. And I don't really listen to them too much after I release them. I usually listen to them as I'm getting mixes and send back ideas on how to fix them and things like that. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 proud of this one and I'm looking forward to letting people hear it, you know. Do you let your family listen to your, listen to your, your your music before it goes out? Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, my brother is probably uh, my partner. Uh, my partner Lauren and my brother Keith would be probably the two first people that heard anything that go before anybody. Yeah. Um, my partner Lauren, she's great. With with she has a, a way of kind of telling me that sometimes uh, you don't really sound like yourself there Karen, you're, you're, you're kind of losing your like sometimes if I if I'm listening to too much music of someone else I start not sounding like them but you you know you're inspired by them or you like a song you start mm. kind of using ideas not words or not the songs but more kind of the way they sing or something like that or pronunciations and um, so she kind of keeps me keeps me very she, she's great for kind of keeping me narrow to where I'm on my feet and and, and who I am you know and then my brother Keith is he's he's musically He's, he's brilliant you know like he gives me a lot of great advice he tells me I like this I think you should change this bit and that you know and when you're in the studio on your own it's very easy to kind of get wandered away with a song because you kind of just want to keep throwing ideas but it's nice to have people to there's a lot of other people I do send it to but my family always kind of heard it first and I when I let my ma hear it and all like every song I sent to her she says Jesus that's a lot better than your last they'd be they'd be the first few to hear and then a couple of close friends I don't put them out too much to, to too many people it's more yeah. kind of musical people and it's solely because when they hear them early like when it's actually out you don't really care as much you know whereas when they kind of just see it out and they hear it for the first time it's a nice little buzz for them you know to kind of be involved in, in some way shape or form you know your family will probably be your hardest critic because because they probably they want the best for you but they want to obviously say no don't do that do this do this don't do that you know yeah and i think the main thing as well is like sometimes with with criticism and things like that a lot of people find it hard to listen to criticism and they don't listen to it and i i'm, I'm kind of good with I'm kind of good at filtering out this, the stuff that I know is a bit, is, is, is a bit, uh, like some people say, would you not change this or change that? And you say, look, you don't need to change that, you know, but there's a lot of things that I can take, I, I take criticism very well and I kind of, sooner than getting annoyed or, or getting in any way uh, offended by it, I, I take it as a thing that, like I work on whatever they're asked. Yeah. I, I've, the people that I send it to, I kind of trust their opinion. So when they give me their opinion, I'd, I'd kind of work and, and use it like without kind of thinking too much into it. I don't really think, oh, I'm not listening to him, you know, if, if someone says to me, would you not change the drums and that? I'd say to the producer, do you mind if we change the drums and try it or whatever, you know? So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's you have to be able to accept criticism, you know, especially in this in this game because you're, you're doing it for the approval of someone else, you know? Yeah, it's definitely uh, good, to, to, good to be able to accept criticism, you know? Yeah. And some, some of the funny stuff is not as good, you know? And someone's messing out <laughs> with you and they say, ah, oh, Jesus, your song is shy or something like that, you know? It's a yeah. way out of it. Yeah, you have a buzz with your friends, don't you, I suppose? Yeah, of course. It's lovely to have someone to, to say to you, look, I, I think the song is great, but it changed this. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's great because they're not just giving you the usual. That's uh, brilliant, you know. Uh, yeah. and, and the brilliant is sometimes it is. A lot of people will say it's brilliant, and you might not be as musical-minded or something like that, but... I love it when someone, you know, when I say this, I don't mean I want everyone to come back and say, Jez, they're changing that in the songs. But I mean, I love it when someone that you, you trust or opinion comes back and says, would you not consider this or change this? And yeah. like for one of the songs on the, the EP, I sent it to, it's, it's the title track, the project, and I sent it to Damien mm. Dempsey. And we had a couple of drums on it and I sent it on to him and says, look, this is similar to some of these songs that you, you've you written. Would you give me any advice or is there anything that you do? And he wrote back and he says, let your voice be heard. And he says, like, don't let the, don't let the production drown it, drown it out because mm. the drums were a little bit heavy in a way, you know? And I listened to that straight away. I got on to the producer and we whipped the drums out straight away. I didn't even think about it, you know? Mm. Um, from what he's done before or what 
what he has the advice people have given me before Colin Guarney is another one he's a great great musical mind for it he gave me some ideas on a, on a word he says change the second part of that chorus just flip it he says mm. and use the use an expert and I trust them opinions and they, when they give them to me they're, they're usually changed sooner than the sooner than I reply to them you know I, I get to get their opinion get a change then say look I'm at the fixing that up what do you think now and that's that's really it you know yeah it's good it's good to get as you said mu- um, uh, insider like mu- music uh, people kind of advice because they know best so they, they, they've heard it all so they like, go oh, yeah do this do that don't do that you know yeah of course of course and again going back to that thing that they never you don't get a lot of music musicians that like you'll send music to a lot of musicians and mm. there's a lot of them that'll say that's a great track and they probably when they they, they stop messing they say holy jays what did i listen to there? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, as i said earlier i'm very fortunate the people that I have sent it on are honest and they've they've fixed a few things for me with regards to ideas and 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 uh changes for a song so i i, I loved I, I i like that more than than the it's brilliant and then go home to your wife and say you should have heard what i heard today yeah, you know, yeah. it's terrible <laughs> massage my ego yes now, yeah yeah of course yeah no you're saying like you know it, like you're saying you're, like there is an obsession a passion and that's that's clear as day but i'm just asking you, i've got a few more questions i want to ask you just before we kick brilliant on. yeah no problem so where is that? Where's the dream gig you you you've you've taught? When I kind of Vicar Street, Vicar Street, Vicar Street headline, yeah, yeah? okay. I, yeah, I've played it so many times. I've played the Olympia as well, and a lot of people do say, do you not like the Olympia and things like that? And I love, I love them all. You know, I love the Irish venues. But yeah. Vicar, my my goal, um, and I could show. I know this is not on video, but I, if I could show you now, I have a thing on my wardrobe I done about two years ago, and I I, I didn't did a timeline for myself like a, a like a visualization board so to speak. Oh, yeah. So it's just yeah. four little four little pictures or five little pictures. And Vicar Street is what I I was gonna start kind of promoting this whole thing as the road to Vicar Street. This is the road to Vicar Street for me. That's all I want. Like what I want to do, sell it out myself. You know. Uh, do my own headline show on Vicar Street. I'm not like if if the other stuff happens, the the bigger ones after that's great, you know, and the, the point depots or the tree arenas, wherever they're called, and then but uh when I feel like the biggest goal at the minute is to do to do the Vicar Street one. And I think it's very I think it's very easy with, with, with a good song and a good campaign and people behind you. Um it only holds fifteen hundred people or something like that, or fourteen hundred or, or whatever, but uh yeah, to go out and go out in Vicar Street, a place not too far from where I was I was raised, and mm. such a such a venue, man, and yeah, that's 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 the dream, the dream venue to. Uh, and as I said, I've I've been lucky to do it a lot of times, and it's I, I've loved it, but it doesn't. I think when I when I do do it, when I am doing it as a headline show, it'll be it'll be the the special one, you know. And what I was saying about the the visualization thing, uh-huh. I have a picture of it on me on, on my wardrobe because I go to my wardrobe every day of the week and I look around. There's five different things on it. There's a couple of personal things. There's a number one thing. Like I'll, I'll, at some point down the line, I'll, I'll I'll get. I feel like I'm well capable of an Irish uh, track that'll go number one. But that's a dream and and something that I kind of I'm looking towards and, and aiming to do. And um, the Vicar Street wants the other one. Then obviously be happy and and, and marriage and all that kind of stuff down the line, you know. Mm. But I kind of. I have a thing over a saying before 30 and there's some stuff that I've hit on it already, which is, uh, have been great. I'm only 25 now, mm. so I've plenty of time. And I'm not saying that if it doesn't happen before then, uh, I probably, I, you, you don't know what way this road is going to go. You know, you could be done before that, but um, no, I, I, I'm very confident of it, of it happening. And I'm, I think in the last two years, I'm more confident than ever than it happens and again trying to trying to kind of nail home that it's not cockiness or anything like that it's just something that i have this weird feeling about I, I i can kind of i can nearly see what way i'd walk out to the stage in vicar street with a flag or something around me or what way i'd design the stage and things like that and i just kind of i feel it will will happen down the line you know so just have to have to keep believing that and pushing myself to that and We'll get there, you know. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You, you, you have a goal and, and you stick to the goal and, and, and you keep you keep that keep the dream alive. A- absolutely. Now, I'm just going to ask you questions, okay? A few kind of personal yeah. questions because I know you, you talked all about music and your career and what you're up to and your plans, future plans. But I'm going to ask you like a little quick fire question. You can tell me um, what your thoughts are, okay? Best pre-gig food, go. Now, pizza is always good. You know, a nice pizza, you know. Um, 
And just, yeah, a nice pizza, a nice pizza. And now I, I don't really drink before gigs or anything like that, but right. a nice pizza and a, a Heineken Zero or something like that, just before you go on, you go on feeling like you're calming yourself or something like that, you know? Now, what toppings? Uh, all meats, pepperoni, sausage, meatballs, and barbecue waste. So that's mm. that doing the job for me. No veg, okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, no, I'm, I have a problem with the veg. I'll, I'll tell you about that another day. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, best post-gig drink? A nice bottle of Heineken or a pint, a nice pint of Heineken. Yeah. Some, something cold you know after I think I always end up with a bottle somehow but yeah a nice bottle of Heineken so what's the vibe like do you have like a bottle of wine and a candle and you sit in the corner of your room and you, you write or do you have no, it a certain certain no no I'd have a bottle of wine before I start drinking maybe yeah, yeah. Going out or something. Um, no I picked the guitar up and uh I picked the car up and write a few words down or if I'm driving, which I shouldn't probably be saying it, but if I write a few text messages on my phone, yeah, words yeah, yeah. that come into my head or yeah. whatever, but I usually just sit in a, in a room, wherever I am, I could be anywhere. If I come up with an idea, it, it goes somewhere and I'll, I'll, I'll put it down. You know, but usually with the yeah. car, like tonight when I finish this, I'll sit down for about an hour and I'll, I'll, I have a good idea for something that I'm writing at the minute. I'm trying to write a bit of writer's block at the minute now, which is yeah. kind of creeping in a little bit. But yeah, I, I'll sit there and uh, for a good hour or so, knock into the guitar and that's really me for the for the evening then, you know. And then just get away from it. I have to get away from it as well after because I, if I spend too much time on a wondering, I, I get nothing out of it, you know. So why is your away from it? Netflix, what show is you watching? I these are the bad ones for me, Shane. I don't watch too much. Nothing. No, I don't. You're right no, in a sense, I, I, but like there must be something you, there, you watch there, on Netflix. There would be stuff I watch. On. You know, I like um, I like the Peaky Blinders stuff. Uh, All right, good like, stuff. Uh, there's actually a funny thing. Do you know what I've been watching recently? Actually, this is a funny thing. About twelve o'clock at night, I'll just stick it on before I, it knocks me out. You know, you yeah. know the weakest link. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, my nanny used to have it on the telly, and I I hated it. I, there was not. I don't think there was a show I hated as much. And I watched it there once, one night, just sitting there, and it was on the telly or whatever. And I wouldn't usually watch films or anything like that. So uh. it was on the telly, and I says, this is unbelievable. <laughs> Your woman's just giving people stick. Like, yeah. It's funny the way she gives it and things like that. So, yeah, I've been watching that. But um, another comedy, a lot of comedy stuff. I like funny stuff, you know. That, right. There's a program called Not Going Out. Did you ever hear of that? No? Uh, Not I Going have. Out. Or 8 out of 10 cats do countdown. Yes. That's something yeah, else that yeah, yes, on yeah. the telly. Yeah, like, yeah. I could just watch whatever's on before I go to sleep or whatever. But I don't really ever sit in and say, knock off the lights and stick on Netflix. And <laughs> I, I haven't got time for that, you know, in, in terms of uh, there's more things for me to be doing you know you're focused okay now first album you bought the first album i bought was a project called uh defamation of strickland banks by uh plan b unbelievable album Um he kind of done it he he created his own genre in a sense and it was very late for a young fella that's into music to, to yeah. buy an album but again i was kind of the way i am now just listen to whatever's on the radio or whatever you know and um, but that was the first album i actually listened to in full as well my god this is magical you know he, he made something he made something there that people people play now and say there's a plan b sound off that you know you're you were talking about like your your, your passion your music and stuff but just to ask little curveball questions like yeah. are you a sports fan you know, yeah, I like Liverpool. Um, okay. I'm, I I love the I love watching the boxing now and the the cage fight, the MMA and UFC yeah. and Bellator and that. But you often go into some of the events. But uh, yeah, I like Liverpool as well. Um, I like them more now the last couple of years since they've been successful. But uh, so, uh, how can people find you if they want to fo follow you on your socials, webpage, whatnot? So I can um I have for for social media I have Instagram and Facebook and, and mm. Twitter I don't really use Twitter but Instagram would be the most active one you know, um for the shows they're they're on uh, Eventbrite and Wheelands um does yeah. I think there's only about thirty tickets left for the show, um for the Wheeland show so. Yeah, I'd be. Uh, everything gets put up on Instagram, and I, I've been unactive the last couple of days. Not not too active on it for the last couple of days. So, uh, I'm uh, one of my uncles. He's he's not too well at the minute as well. So you know you don't want to be posting stuff, mm. loads happy stuff, and when the family are kind of a little bit yeah uh, down or whatever. So, but yeah, Instagram for the next few weeks. I'll be we're working on loads for for pushing it, and uh, yeah, I'll be doing videos and little. There's a few little things coming out like a little teaser of the studio session for the single, and then the gig we done in Ballymore and. There's, there's a few bits coming out on Instagram in the coming days and, and coming weeks. The gig is coming very quick to me now, so I'm going to that that thing I said to you earlier about being nervous that'll start kind of getting worse now throughout the week. Thinking will will we will we get it over the line or whatever you know? Yeah, you will. If I can, I will make it long. Um, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave you now. You've been you've been great to chat to because you've you've uh, 
you know, again, probably been I, three hours. Or Shane, have <laughs> no, it hasn't been an hour. Will you stop? Yeah, I've done a podcast before with, with a fella, and he says, Jesus, we knew you talked that much. He said, I would have had them longer. <laughs> <laughs> you should give it an hour because an hour you get a sense of people. Like, I mean, brilliant. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. It was deadly and lovely to chat to you, man. And if you can if you can get it into the gig, it'd be great. great I will. It, I'd, love, if, I'd love you to see the, see the set live, man. And, and, yeah, and no, I want see, to see what's not on the internet, you know. Thank you very much, Shane. And again, I appreciate you having me on. It was deadly to talk to you. And uh, be sure to stay in touch as well. It's always nice to keep in touch. I will indeed. I'll keep you. Progression on both. And best of luck with the podcast as well. I hope it flies for you. Cheers, man. Thank you. All Cheers, right. man. Talk to you soon. Take Bye-bye. it easy. Cheers, going. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Yep. And that was Kieran Moran, a singer-songwriter. And yeah, had a lot to talk about, about his career, what he's up to, his plans. He's visualizing different goals. Happy that I got to chat to him again through a good friend called Kevin. I hope you enjoy what you hear, guys. If you like what you hear, please like, share, comment. And remember, you're always welcome here in Heartlines. Take it easy and bye-bye.